In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Idrisheson, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. God gave me specific instructions where the service is concerned and... I'm going to be speaking on what I titled The Rain is Air. The Rain is Air. It's a prophetic word. The Rain is Air. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 12. The Rain is Air. I didn't say the rain is coming, it's already here. Somebody shout, The Rain, the rain is Air. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 12. The Rain is Air. He says, then the Lord we open to you is good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season. It says to give you the rain at the right time and to bless all the work of your hand. He said, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. So an authentic reign of God comes with a prosperity package. I, I was on Insta Live a few days ago, and hundreds of people were there. Uh, and I just sensed there were some funny people coming there to drop. I just got mad. I said, this is my page. If you want to go broke, you're evicted. Get out. I have no tolerance for poverty. Are you listening to me? Because I've come to realize that God... Is in love with prosperity. So I told my church a few, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, I said, if anybody accuses us of being a prosperous church, don't defend us. Say, oh, that your church, that prosperity church. He said, yes, we are. He said, that's our title. Because I've come to realize that prosperity is God's plan. And God is saying, the rain is here. The rain, and the proof that the rain is here is that you will lend to nations and you will not borrow. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Lift up your two hands and shout, the rain is here. Come on, shout it again. Say, the rain is here. I'm not just talking about you moving to your cute house. And... Now, listen, sending your kids to the best school is not a vision. It's just responsibility. I'm talking about the kind of rain that is beyond you. The kind of rain that puts you in a position to, a, to, to manifest God to your generation. We sang the song, you are good, you are kind. How will people know God, that God is good and kind if you cannot be his distribution center? God is looking for people that can steward his resources. Not people that will just sit on resources and let people worship them before they give them Stipends, peanuts. No. I'm talking about people that will know the reason why God has put me in this position is because I need to represent him. Anybody that would love to represent God in this generation, wave your hands. In fact, you can stand up. You want to, you want to represent God. I came here with an anointing for prosperity. I don't know where you are, but God told me to tell you that there's, a not, there's another level. There is an another level. Are you listening to me? Somebody shout the rain. Is here. 
your broke self does not help anybody. It does not help you. It does not help your family. It does not help your community. It does not help your city. It do, in fact, it does not help the church. The Bible says, by prosperity, we my city be what? Spread. The same blood that was shed for your sin, that was shed for your sicknesses, was shed for your wealth. And God has no problem with you being wealthy. What he has problem with is the love of money. And there's a difference between the love of money and money itself. In fact, you can be broke and love money. In fact, one of the reasons why people are broke is because they love money. The Bible talks about it that we toast more than what is necessary and thanks to poverty. So don't accuse a man that is wealthy, that loves, that he loves money. In fact, the reason why the money, you know, money can sense stinginess. The reason why money will not walk into some hands is because he knows they will. And money likes to spread. Currency is a, is a flow. If you are not going to let it flow, why should it come to you? Until your giving account is greater than your saving account, you don't know what you are doing. There's a spirit of generosity that is key in this season. Because God is looking for people that can help him steward his resources. He's good and kind. Then how will the generation know? If not through you. Jesus is sitting in heaven, but he needs folks that will represent him on that. And if there's anything, sir, God told me, he said, one of the assignments I'm giving you in this season is to teach it. Because if it's not taught, then how will a generation understand it? So when people accuse us of being prosperous, don't defend us. Don't defend us. Just say, yes, we are guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not like that. We are like that. We are like that. Egeria la becket kataya. Sit, sit. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm hungry. I'm everything this morning. Ezekiel thought, God, God, God punish poverty. It's a, it's a terrible disease. It's, it's worse than cancer. It's worse than cancer. Don't, don't tolerate it. Don't manage it. Say it's okay. It's not okay. Psalm 35 verse 27 says, He desires in the prosperity. Now listen, I'm a father of two kids. Okay, I can't call them kids again. They are grown up now. But guess what? As a father, when I see my children prosperous, I'm, I'm happy. Anytime my son drives in front of me, I'm glad to say that's my son. I don't know which natural father we see his child in penury, in suffering, or toiling. In fact, by the, by the, by the way, there is a word that you are not permitted to use after today. That's the word also. We're hustling. We hustlers. If I catch you, and some people will now take you to say, God bless my hustle. He, he cannot bless your hustle because, in the first place, you are not supposed to be what? Hustling. The, another word for hustling is toiling. 
And toiling speaks of grievous, painful labor. God has no problem with labor. But he ought not to be painful and grievous. Why? Because the blood has been shed to stop the sweat. In Genesis chapter 3, when man came under the cross, he said, in the sweat of your face you will eat. But Jesus hung on the tree, shedding his blood to end the sweat. Do we labor? Yes, we labor. But we labor by favor. In Luke chapter 5, here was Peter on his boat. He had toiled all night and caught nothing. <laughs> and Jesus stepped on the boat. But I want you to take note of something. He knew Peter was struggling. He knew Peter needed help. And yet, he didn't come on his boat, get emotional and say, Oh my God, Peter, you've been through a lot. But rather, what did he do? He said, Can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? <laughs> There's a principle that that teaches us. Until you and your resources are available for God, you are not a candidate for multiplication. Use this boat, then turn around. He said, let down your nets for a catch. You know, what I'm going to be doing this morning is I want to teach you some things from the word of God that will help you build appropriate capacity. Somebody shout capacity. There are two words that people often miss, miss up. They are capacity and capabilities. And they are two different things. Capability speaks of your potential. Ah, this person has capability for this. He has potential for this. Amazing thing. While capacity speaks of what you have built that determines what you can tolerate, what you can accommodate, and what you can produce. A perfect example. Everyone born of God has the capability to be healed, to be wealthy, to stay protected, to live long, to have an amazing marriage, to have a great family. But we see a lot of born-again children of God struggling in their marriage, struggling in their finances, struggling in their health, literally making it look like Jesus did not shed his blood. In spite of the fact that there is a capability the life that was injected into your spirit and new birth is a life that has the, the capability to ensure every single aspect of your life is taken care of. And yet we see saints everywhere that struggle in different areas of their lives. Whereas the blood covers everything. So you realize that in spite of their capability, their lack of capacity will not allow them to express the capability they have. And to a large extent, God needs you to develop capacity for what is meant to do in this season until you have an appropriate capacity. Prophecies will go to waste. Oh, I have a great purpose. We all have great purposes. It's not just you. Including the man in jail. He has a, there's no one born of a woman that does not have a purpose. A great one. 
for that matter. But until an appropriate capacity, you know, when I see people go, go, go into lazy mode, a slothful mode in the name of, there's a prophecy over my life. I'm like, really? Prophecy can be wasted. Grace can be wasted. So an appropriate capacity must be the law. And by the way, the oil stops where capacity stops. In Second Kings chapter 4, there's a story told of a woman who is in need of resources and finances. The, the, the prophet, her husband has just died. So I tell pastors around me, ministers of the gospel, you know, five-fold ministry gift. I said, please, you better be careful. You can be anointed and be broke. This man was so anointed, he was called a prophet, not a fake one, an authentic one, but yet broke. Because there are principles governing prosperity. You can be anointed and your lack of understanding of principles will still keep you broke in spite of your anointing. This man was an anointed prophet, but was so broke, he put his children, his family, as collateral. Now he died. <laughs> and the creditors showed up to carry the family. So the wife, the widow, ran to Elijah. said, what do we do? Second Kings chapter 4. You know, your servant is dead, and he has, you know, debts, and we are the collateral. And the creditors are here. Elisha says something. He said, do you have vessels in your house? In fact, he told her, he said, go and borrow more vessels. Literally said, increase capacity. Because the oil is about to start flowing. Don't you never say the oil is flowing? I can hear you say the oil is flowing. Tell at least three people around you the oil is flowing. Touch them. Tell them the oil is flowing. The oil is flowing. Do you have enough vessel to carry the oil? Because the oil is flowing. God sent me all the way from Chicago to announce over dominion life. The oil is flowing in this season. But the question is, do you have the appropriate capacity to express everything the oil is capable of doing? It's not about capability now, but it's about capacity. Because until your capacity matches your capability, your capability will not matter. The oil was around. And the prophet said, go gather vessels. In fact, you don't have enough vessels. Go get it from your neighbor. And the, the, the woman was so lazy. She, she got a few vessels from, from her neighbors and, you know, put them together. When God says, go get nets, don't, 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 don't do one nets. Jesus, took, you know, listen, we can talk about boat sinking, nets breaking, miracle. But you know the reason why that net broke? It broke because of disobedience. Because if Peter had provided several nets, in other words, you can waste the blessing. Your lack of capacity waste the blessing. So this woman got some vessels and the horse. So I say, how do you know it was not enough? Because by the time the, he said the oil stopped flowing when the vessel ended. Second Kings chapter 4. I don't have all the time in this world. The vessel ended and the oil stopped. Because God does not want waste. What he does, in which, what he does with you 
is a function of the capacity you have built. Is it possible that you could be 10 times bigger and better than what you are now? Yes. Because God is never short of oil. He stops where your vessel stops. I hope I'm talking to somebody. He stops where what? Your vessel stops. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2. God wants to do so much. But needs people with capacity. Capacity. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2. People with capacity are people that have the ability to express the fullness of what God intends in every generation. Look at it. He said, enlarge the place of your tent. Don't you anybody say it's talking to you. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. He said, do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Let me, let me read the translation to you. I, I saw a translation this morning and it was so interesting. I, I, so I told myself I, I'm going to share it while I'm preaching. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2. Oh, glory to God. He said, expand. I'm reading from God's word translation. He said, expand the space of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your tent. And don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and drive in the tent pegs. Stretch your tent. Enlarge it. Enlarge it. So five things. In the next 25 minutes, I'm going to be sharing with you five things that you need to put in place so that the oil of God will not go to waste. Five things that you need to put in place so that what God is doing in this season can be maximized. Five things. I'm going to spend about five minutes on each one of them because I want to come back. <laughs> you know, the secret of coming back as a guest minister is stick to your time. <laughs> so whatever anointing that is on you, submit it to the anointing of the house. Somebody shout Hallelujah. <laughs> Before the spirit start carrying you, you know there are some churches where the spirit carries them, <laughs> literally. The spirit, like they will say it in my mother tongue, I make one, you know. Before you, <laughs> before the spirit carries you, <laughs> tell that spirit to calm down. So five things to ensure that you have the appropriate capacity to maximize the hoil for the season. So that what, thing, what is going to be happening around you, we express it fully, not just taste it a little bit. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, what is going to be happening this season is going to be a collaboration of an unusual ministry of angels, write it down, and strange works of God through the hand of God. No, I, I gave you a scripture yesterday from Hebrews chapter 13 too that talks about, he said, said, do not forget what, don't, don't you say, I'm entertaining angels I'm entertaining in this season. this season. And in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 46, the Bible talks about how the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he outrun a chariot. Do you know what that means? It's like, I've forgotten, 
And let me remember the highways in California, 880, right? Yeah, we have 880 and 580. Oh, God. I still got it. By the way, to all of you, I'm not a stranger to this land. In fact, the very first airport I landed in in America is San Francisco Airport. I used to live in Fremont. So, so can you imagine? Somebody's on Haiti driving his Range Rover, and all of a sudden, you just see this man, almost, and you are doing 100 miles an hour. And guess what? The man caught up with you and was in front of you. That was what Elijah, Elijah did. Because they, oh my God, I feel something. I don't know where, where you are, where your space. God told me, he said, I'm putting my hand on you to do strange things. Somebody shout, the hand of the Lord is on me to manifest greatness. Share it again. He said, the hand of the Lord is on me to manifest greatness. So it's going to be a collaboration of an unusual ministry of angels. The kind of ministry of angels that moved Philip. I mean, that, that moved uh, what's his name? He was Philip, right? Supernaturally. He was strangely catapulted. Angels are real. One, 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 one of my sons in Chicago had an accident a few years ago, about two, three years ago. I can't remember the actual year. He said he could see that there was going to be a crash. And at that point, there was nothing he could do. So he was like almost closing his eyes to brace the the impact. Guess what? The impact took place. But he found himself on the, on the passenger seat. The seat belt was on. Can you imagine? There's, you saw, you know this is going to be an impact. And you're like closing your eyes. And the next thing, you saw the driver's side crushed. And you saw yourself. Oh my God, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You saw yourself on the driver, on the passenger side. And you start asking yourself, who removed the belt? Hey, Maka, who removed the belt? Who, when did I move? So angels are real. They are real. I've ministered for people to people before on, on healing line. And I, I will, they, not every time, there are a few times I will literally see the angel of the Lord stand behind the person being ministered to. And they are doing the surgery. If there's any skill you see in the natural, ladies and gentlemen, angels have superior skills. And sometimes the Lord will let me know when the surgery is over. And I would tell the person, it's done. <laughs> I'm not a little bit surprised because I saw them walking. And they don't make mistakes. Angels are real. And they don't just walk else, they walk wealth. God, I feel something this morning. They don't just walk else, they walk wealth. What about this? They move files. Hey, Yakatabarala. They move files. They move files. They move files. So it's going to be a collaboration of an unusual hand of the Lord at work and ministry of angels. You know, some of us can't differentiate between ministry of the Holy Spirit and ministry of angels. They're going to, both of them are going to collaborate. Collide. Boom. 
Because what God will do, child, it has to be him. So five things. Let me run. Number one, prioritize favor over labor. Prioritize favor over labor. Listen, the favor we enjoy is a function of the love that God has for us. It's a crazy love. He killed his son for you to live. Should I say it again? God killed his what? His son for you to live. So if he can kill his son for you, what can he not do for you? You know, when people struggle to believe in the favor of God, it's because they don't understand the kind of unconditional love that God has for them. He killed his son for you to live. What will he not do for you to enjoy life? I'm a product of God's favor. Do we labor? Yes, we labor. But we labor through favor. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, and the grace of God which was bestowed upon me, I did not waste. He said, I labor more abundantly. So favor does not stop your labor. But favor makes your labor more productive. The reason why he was able to labor more abundantly was because he was a recipient of favor. Grace fueled his labor. Hmm. So our labor is not ordinary. It's a labor under influence. It's under the influence of favor. So the results we obtain are not natural. They are supernatural, extraordinary. And we acknowledge the one behind, and that's why gratitude is the attitude of the season. We don't go around boasting, I did this, I did that. God did it. I said, God did it. Oh my God, I feel some strange works in this season. Somebody shout, God is doing it. Now, Psalms 44 verse 3. I need to join, jump to the next point. It said they did not gain possession of their land by their own sword, nor did their own hand save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because, oh, any product of favor in the house. I said, because you favor them. Their exploit is a product of God's favor. You favor them. You favor them. Exodus chapter 3 verse 21 says, I will give these people favor. And when they go out, their hands will not be empty. So empty hands as a result of lack of favor. There is favor that ensures your hands and your accounts are never empty. Stretch out your two hands and say, I declare. No more empty hands. Because I function by favor. When favor is at work, you become a mystery. People start, you become a cause to study. You don't make sense again. The only problem is, how do you explain favor to an unsaved person? It was the favor of God. He's just looking at you. As far as he's concerned, there's a secret you are not telling him. And it's true. Because that secret is God. Don't you never say, I'm a mystery? I'm a mystery. In every realm. In every realm. 
My health is a mystery. My finances is a mystery. My family is a mystery. We are products of favor. Now, favor did not save you for you to now live by labor. For by grace are you saved. So if you are saved by grace, then you can only be kept by grace. You came by the way of favor. Your effectiveness is tied to staying on the lane of favor. Anytime you, you move lane from favor to labor, it's like you are denying your covenant. Two, be intentional about prayer. Prayer is not meant to be outsourced. They are praying for me. Be not scammed. Most of the time, when people say, we are praying for you, they are not praying for you. In fact, the most of the prayer they have done is when they said they are praying for you. That's the prayer. <laughs> Don't outsource your success. To outsource prayer is to outsource your success. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Jesus, son of God, whose assignment was clear. He was being immersed in the water. And what was he doing? He was praying. Luke 3, 21. He was what? When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was, was his destiny not sure? It was sure. It was clear. But he still needed to position through prayer to experience his prophecy. Jesus prayed. He did not only pray while he was being baptized. He prayed to pick the 12 disciples. Luke chapter 6. It, in fact, it was not just a regular prayer. The Bible says he prayed all night. And in the morning, he called unto himself. Some of you, the reason why you have put wrong people in your company is because you we did not invest in prayer. You invested in everything, but you summarized prayer. Prayer is not meant to be, to be outsourced, and prayer is not meant to be what? Summarized. I remember when I was in high school. You know, I grew up in Nigeria, and I'm proud of it. I mean, we used to have assembly. Every, I mean, anybody here who grew up in the school like that, assembly. And the teacher will lead you all, he will lead you in prayer, and we sing S-O-P. Anybody remember S-O-P? Songs of praise. So, you know, I went to a boys-only school, you know, in a, in, a, in a city called Ibadan. And the name of my school was Ibadan, Boys High School. Also known as Ibadan Bosan School, you know. <laughs> anyway. There was this cute teacher that was transferred to our school. I mean, all boys had, you know, testosterone all over the place. And this nice, beautiful lady in her 20s. We were all like, oh my God, this is fine. <laughs> and they now assigned her to lead assembly. We were all at attention. <laughs> we were about to be wooed by a beautiful woman. But that woman gave us a shock and the greatest surprise of our life. She said, shall we pray? We bow down our head and say, plus Jesus minus Satan. Amen. You are dismissed. I lost respect for her. I said, with all this beauty, plus Jesus. Don't you know, say, if, you're, if your prayer life, come on, turn to your neighbor, say, if your prayer life is plus Jesus minus, minus Satan, he's not going to cut it in this season. Don't outsource prayer. Don't summarize prayer. What is summary? Plus, Jesus minus Satan. Amen. <laughs> the devil does not understand such prayer. In fact, he loves it. Plus, Jesus minus Satan. 
you need to invest in prayer. Pray in and out of season. Pray in the spirit, especially in this season of dense darkness. It's not just darkness, it's gross darkness. Be more, the devils we're having to deal with in this generation, no generation has never dealt with this level of demonic activity. And that's why God has to increase angelic activity. But you now need to position yourself to receive what God has prepared in the place of prayer. Prayer is the divine protocol to align with what heaven has reserved. So wake up your prayer altar. Invest in it. Be deliberate. Schedule prayer. Anything that is not scheduled does not work. God wants us to schedule prayer, schedule giving. Schedule it. I just flow. No, don't flow. Have a schedule. Three, right? I promise you five. Three, reset your mind. It's a major part of building capacity. Reset your mind. By the way, let me give you a scripture for prayer. First, First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10. Jabez was a man that realized that he was not living up to his capacity, to his capability. So when he prayed the prayer, he said, Lord, change my story. Enlarge my coast in the place of prayer that was achieved. So three, reset your mind. Reset your mind. Now listen, do you know you can have all of God in your spirit? And by the way, you have it already. Because he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. There are no two spirits. You're recreated human spirit and Jesus are one. You, I mean, the same way you can't separate my body from my head. You, as a spirit, and Jesus, you are joined together, locked up. Well, guess what? There's an interface of the mind. And as loaded as your spirit is, if that interface is not aligned, what you carry in your spirit will not matter. That's why Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your mind, set your mind as your spirit. You know, it says set your mind on what is above. You know, your spirit is above. But now your mind must be raised. And that's why, you know, being part of a church like this, listening to God's word over and over, what it does is that it resets your mind to the original factory setting of heaven. Because as a man thinks, so is he. I mean, the best illustration for that is there's an air-conditioned system attached to this building, right? It's powerful, right? In some space somewhere, I don't know. But there's a little, a little, a little device somewhere in the building called thermostat. But you know, at the end of the day, as powerful as that AC system is, if the thermostat is set at 90 degrees, there's nothing wrong with the AC. It's working perfectly. Every one of us will be sweating here. It's just that, you know, it, I don't know if that has ever, ever happened to you before. Your, your AC was not working and you were so mad, so you called the technician and they came. And the only thing they, the only thing they did was change the battery <laughs> of the thermostat and they charged you $200. As if it has happened to you before, wave your hands. I'm like, oh my God, this, I could have done that. But why didn't you do it? So once that thermostat breaks down, 
what the air condition system carries will not matter. Your mind is your thermostat. The way your mind is set is the way your life is set. As you set your mind, goes your life. And there are three things I want to talk about. I'm just going to jump to the next point. Under this, there's a setting that the world achieves. There's a setting that association achieves. There's a company that will bring your mind down. And there's a company that raises your mind. And that's why one of the greatest miracles God can do for a man is to plant him in a sane, anointed, proper church. Apart from you hearing the word, there's association that comes into your life that raises your life. Are you listening to me? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the castle of the godly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor the light, but, but his light is the law of the law, and in it shall be like a tree. So the, where you sit, where you stand, and the people you walk with matter. Your mind gets renewed just by association. You know, just because somebody is hanging around you and he, he talks freely about millions, he does something to your luxury mind. You know, I, I've seen this. I've lived in America for, for 23 plus years. I've seen people that they left their village several years ago, but their village followed them. They still think their village, they still give in Naira. Any little amount, they convert. They just convert. Say, ah, it's a lot of money. It's everything is a lot of money. Because they are still thinking in the currency of where they were taken away from. Mindset. 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 Association is key. There are people you should deliberately associate with. Because, I mean, don't run away. Because there's a tendency to want to run away. Say, ah, no, the way it functions is higher. The more reason why you should come close. So that you two can get into the clique. And the last part about the mind is imagination. Do you know in Genesis chapter 11, 11, there were a group of people that were doing a project that God did not sanction. <laughs> but God himself acknowledged the fact that if nothing is, is done to stop the process, they will achieve it. That is how powerful. The Lord spoke something to me, something, he spoke something to me recently. He said, do you know there are projects that would have loved to give believers, but I could not find believers with capacity. I had to go through an unsaved person who has constructed an appropriate capacity to deliver it. You would have thought somebody with a recreated human spirit should be the one to bat it. But do you know the womb of creativity is technically in the soul where your mind lies. In Genesis chapter 13 verse 14, God told Abraham, he said, as far as you see. God had to take him on a tour. Northward, southward, eastward. He said, see it. If you can see it, I will deliver it. But if you can't see it, I can't deliver it. You must have a capacity. There's a capacity, capacity building through the exploration of the mind, which is called imagination. Use it rightly. God drops an idea in you. 
He expects you to construct it through your imagination. I don't have time for that. Let me run. Come on, did you get something today? Yes. How many have I given you? I promise you five boys. I have three minutes. What do I do? Function from rest. Four, function from rest. Very simple, simple formula. Rest is the meeting point of God's grace and the faith of God in you. Rest, rest. Rest is the formula that heaven has given you to deliver massively. And let me tell you something. Every time God wants to do something huge, he goes through rest. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, God was about to release an amazing product called woman. What did he do? He put Adam to sleep. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 12, God needed to bat a covenant. He put Abraham to sleep. God needs you to sleep for you to do for him to do wonders. What do I mean by sleep? Stop worrying. Stop the anxiety. Cast your cares on God. If he promised you, he has done it. He does not promise what he has not finished. <laughs> How is it going to happen? Stop the nonsense. You are the one stopping the process of God. God works better when men sleep. Except the Lord build the house. They labor that, they, that build. Except the Lord keeps the city. The watchman wakes up. But what? He said it is vain to rise up early and to sit up late. For so the Lord gives sleep to his beloved. So his beloved must learn how to sleep. And the proof that you are sleeping is joy. Are you getting my point? How do I know you are sleeping? <laughs> With all this thing going on, <laughs> your joy is untouched. So the moment your joy gauge is low, that means you have left your rest. So get back into rest so that you can produce. Your productivity is tied to your rest. And the last but not the least, activate the spirit of faith. In this kingdom, we reign by speaking. Get on your feet. I promise you to keep to time. We reign by speaking. What we call faith is fake if there's no speech. <laughs> I believe, but I'm not speaking. No. We have in the same spirit of faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. As it is written, I have believed. I was taking note of the service. At different junction, there was a declaration. That is how we live. Genesis chapter 1, the heart was without form, darkness upon the face of the deep. How did God fix it? By calling a committee? No. He spoke it into existence. If you can't say it, you can't have it. Where you are is a product of what you are saying. Where you are going is a product of what you are saying now. Your words travel faster than you. At every junction, you meet your words. Your world is literally a function of your words. If you can't say it, you can't have it. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Father in heaven, I will love you. We lift your name in all May your kingdom be established in our presence. As your people, we declare your mind. Blessed be the Lord, come on, God.
I can preach about angels and they will not be in manifestation. There's a woman with a backache problem. You've had it for a few months right now. The healing power of God is touching you. Somebody's left eye is being healed. I had the name Tolu. There's certain things that have been disturbing you. But God told me, I've finished it. I've completed it. Take it off your mind and rest on me. He said, your rest is established. Lift up your hands. Whatever you are dealing with, can you just put it on the feet of Jesus and let him handle it? There's a man with a left chest problem. The problem is gone right now. There's a woman with a skin problem. That skin is healed right now. There's somebody with a left ear problem. I speak to that ear. I command that ear to open. Whatever you are dealing with, whether it's migraine or high blood pressure or diabetes, I stand in the authority of Jesus and I crush that situation. I command command every sickness to flee I command every problem to disappear I speak to that court case in the name of Jesus it will end in your favor every student here that needs their loan paid or maybe you don't know how you will pay your tuition I declare the angel of favor is working on your behalf and whatever you need done is resolved right now I declare God will give you a gift to celebrate this 18th year anniversary there will be a proof that God is in our midst lift those hands up and praise him all over this place oh what a manifest presence of God one more time This strange song coming up. It's one of those old songs, but I believe it carries power. You are the Lord, that is your name. You will never come on, raise it. sing that song one or two times before I pray for the kids that were born in this commission. God told me how many of you will love to have an angelic visitation this week? But get me, we don't need to see them. We only need to see what they are doing. So it's not like, oh, we're looking for angels. It's okay if they appear to us, but more importantly, I want to see them move files on my behalf. I want them to do things for me. How many of you will love angelic manifestation? I'm of you will love the hand of God to manifest on your job, in your family. Listen, angels are real. I remember a testimony pastor shared with me several years ago of how one of his daughters was getting 
you know, messed up by this useless guy, harassing her, you know, calling her names. And <laughs> all of a sudden, the guy showed up in church and was begging Pastor, Pastor, please, please stop it. I'm repenting. And Pastor said, what did I do? He said, ah, everything. He said, you come every night and you, you whoop me. I'm serious. And the guy opened his shirt and showed the sign. He said, can you see the mark? There are angels that beat. Oh, you didn't hear me. The Bible talks about Herod that will not give glory to God. An angel gave him a what? A slap. <laughs> a slap. And that was the end. So if angels can slap to death. Several years ago, I was young in ministry. The Lord told me something that I will never forget. I didn't even know much in the world then. The Lord spoke to me. He said, can you do me a favor? I said, what do you mean? He said, when people offend you and you know. He said, please quickly release them. Ah. I said, why? He said, there are angels assigned because of your assignment. He said, and the reason you are mad, you are sad, and you feel odd. He said, they go to work. He said, because the assignment is to ensure you do your assignment. So their, their interpretation is, oh, that person is not allowing this man to do his assignment. He said they go to work and they start dealing with their spirits. So they know what you are going through. I was, a, I was barely 19 then. I didn't even understand it. He said, please. Oh. And that's why whenever people gather around and start talking about a man of God, and you see they say, hey, hey, hey. I know people that have been struck by, wonder, by thunder before. Just by running their mouth against the wrong person. So in this season, whosoever needs to be slapped will be slapped on your behalf. The same person that I'm saying, no, 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 no. He will not be able to sleep until he says yes. Are you expecting the hand of God? Are you expecting the ministry of angels? Then I need you to sing that song. The one that will not share his glory because his glory is about to manifest in your life, to manifest on your job, to manifest in your career. Are you ready? You are the Lord. Come on, raise it. That is your name. You will never share your glory with anyone. You will never share your glory with anybody. Oh, my God. That is your we hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishason. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.